This is Jude Knoll, and you're listening to the Norse Up Podcast, a production for NKU by NKU to highlight the expertise of our university's faculty and staff. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Clayton Castle. Today, we're joined by Dr. Brian Hackett to get some background on St. Patrick's Day, which will be taking place the day this episode airs. Dr. Hackett leads NKU's Master's in Public History program, a program that concerns history education that takes place outside of the traditional classroom setting. Before coming to NKU in 2009, he was the Executive Director of the Historical Society in Montgomery County, Ohio, managing and developing historic sites. Brian, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself first. We mentioned that you teach courses in public history. Uh, could you give us a brief overview of what that program is? Oh, I, the program is teaching people how to use history outside the classroom. So we're talking museums, archives, historic sites, that kind of thing. Also things like documentary film, anything where, where we learn history, you know, oral history or whatever. Um, I think I have the greatest job in the world. Um, you know, it's I get to do lots of different things and never have the same day twice. So I have the best job at this university by far. And uh, today we often associate St. Patrick's Day with things like green clothes, green beer, and if you're from this area, green noodles in a bowl of chili. But there's actually quite a bit of historical context to the holiday outside of that. Uh, to start off, tell us just who St. Patrick actually was. Well, St. Patrick was a 5th century priest. Uh, prior to becoming a priest, he was a young man. He was of, of British and Roman descent. He was kidnapped and sold into slavery into Ireland, where he served as a shepherd for a number of years, and then supposedly uh, was visited by God, had a, have a, had a revelation, and converted his life to Catholicism, and um, was told that if he wanted to escape, that there would be a boat waiting for him and a place to go. So he went, and there, sure enough, there was a boat. He got on it, and he went home decided to become a priest, and then decided that he would make his way back to Ireland to convert the pagans that he met when he was living in Ireland. So that's who he was. And many of us have heard the legend that St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. What significance uh, does he actually have in Irish history, and how did that uh, part of the legend come to be? Okay, well, first of all, there were no snakes in Ireland. (laughs) So, I mean, it was a pretty easy job if you want to take it literally. But actually, what they're referring to is that he was converting pagans to Christianity, and he was driving the evil out, um, kind of a metaphor. And uh, um, so he becomes sort of the face of uh, Irish Catholicism. And um, so it's a great story. There's also a number of other stories connected with him. Um, Sort of the shamrock is connected to him. Uh, because of what he did, because it has three leaves, shamrocks have three leaves, and he used it to illustrate the story of the Holy Trinity, which is pretty amazing. Um, and of course, that becomes a symbol of Ireland as well as the color green. And how did this legend grow into the cultural institution we know uh, nearly 2,000 years later? Well, it's kind of interesting that you bring that up, because really what's going on is that um the St. Patrick's Day is celebrated outside of Ireland more than it's celebrated in Ireland. Although it's a it's a holy day and it's a day off for people of Ireland, they don't party like we do. Um, and I think it's because of immigration. Um, there were a number of times where Irish were actually kicked out of Ireland. Um, part of it was political. Some of it was food related, like the, the potato famine of 1841. And so those people came to places like America or Australia or so on. And... They weren't 
well-received. It's kind of interesting to compare the rhetoric that you see today about people complaining about about Latin American people coming to America. They're going to take all our jobs and they don't speak our language. You could put the word Irish in there and it's exactly the same. It's amazing how we forget because a number of us, myself included, are Irish descended from Irish immigrants. And they had it horrible when they came here. You know, you've probably seen signs. Actually, they used to have one over at the museum center in one of the windows in their in their little recreation of downtown Cincinnati that said, no Irish need apply, um, meaning you couldn't get a job um, if you were Irish because they really thought you were a different race. Uh, funny thing, I ran across this one time. In 1848, there was an announcement in the a New York newspaper, and it said that the first mixed race uh, marriage had taken place in the city. And they wished this trend would never happen again because it was an abomination. Wow. And what it was was a German person of German descent married a person of Irish descent. Wow. So people used to think that nationality was actually had something to do with your your race. So the St. Patrick's Day story takes place in Ireland. Uh, why is it so popular here in North America then? I read that it's the most widely celebrated national holiday. Yeah, in fact, until 2020, the New York City had an Irish parade, an Irish St. Patrick's Day parade, for 250 consecutive years. Wow. Well, why? I think it's because when the Irish came over, they were not accepted. And in fact, they had to do something, so they banded together, and they were looking for a way to celebrate themselves. And I think that's why it's popular. Here in the Cincinnati area, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, not only did you have a little... little um, uh, prejudice against Irish, but you also had a very strong prejudice against Catholics. And one of the reasons why St. Elizabeth Hospital had such a hard time being established in northern Kentucky is because it was run by Catholics. And of course, now St. Elizabeth is our largest employer, you know, and there are more Catholic churches in northern Kentucky than you can throw a stick at. So it's pretty amazing how we have this kind of thing in our country where we we seem to don't like immigrants, but then immigrants come in and change us for, for better ways. And we did briefly mention the shamrocks, but why so much green? Why is green so associated with Ireland? Well, there's a lot because, of course, of course um, shamrocks are green. But also, if you remember, Ireland is called the Emerald Isle because of the green of the, the foliage and everything. So I think that's what it comes from. Green became a very popular color in the flag. Uh, when the Irish would come over and actually fought in the Civil War, they would fight under a, an Irish flag. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I think green became associated. And so one of the ways you celebrated your Irishness was where to, col- to wear the color green. Um, kind of fun. Um, and it's a way that they could show that they were different, but yet the same with each other. Is there anything about St. Patrick's Day that we may have missed that you think that should be out there? If so, like maybe a little known fact. Well, absolutely. Um, I grew up actually in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And every year in Chicago, they would dye the Chicago River green. And in fact, there's actually that's one of many rivers that were dyed green for St. Patrick's Day. And one other thing that struck me as always funny is that the... Um, the, the other thing about the Chicago River is that the Chicago River would often catch on fire, um, which was kind of an odd event as well. But it's, it shows you how dedicated um, people of Irish descent are yeah. and, and how these communities that were made up largely of Irish immigrants celebrated. 
And it's amazing how we still do it. Of course, now we have green beer. And you said that Skyline does green noodles. I don't know if they're the only ones, but, you know, they're the ones that I know of. And it's just it's become such a cultural icon. In fact, um, you don't have to be Irish to celebrate it, which yeah. is the best part. And it's and it's a lot of fun. And I think it reminds us that um, we should care for each other and celebrate each other. You know, there's there's so much fun about Irish music and Irish folklore. And of course, um, I would say something about Irish food, but mostly it's <laughs> Irish beer that everybody talks about. So, yeah, it's fun. And in fact, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the largest celebration for St. Patrick's Day is actually in Montreal, Canada. Really? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, What? So to end it, what's your favorite green item or green food or green whatever to celebrate with on St. Patrick's Day? Well, you know, um, I don't know if they do it anymore because it's been a while, but the shamrock shake at McDonald's Mm -hmm. was always really good. Um, Anything with a little green mint in it is very nice. So, yeah, that's my that's my drug of choice. You know, I will be 30 in about a month and I... For the first time this year, I've never had green beer. I'm someone who like loves craft breweries and going trying new beers. For the first time this year, I'm going to try green beer. <laughs> That's fantastic. I think you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> Does it taste any different than regular beer? Not that I'm aware of. Unfortunately, um, I have two. I have two curses in my life. One, I don't drink, um, and the other is that I'm red green colorblind. Oh. So if you put a green beer next to a regular <laughs> beer, I can't tell the difference. But, you know, I'll take your word for it if it's green, and, and I'll find other ways to enjoy the, the green and the shamrocks. Well, Dr. Hackett, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been uh, Dr. Brian Hackett. He is a professor in the uh, Department of History here at Northern Kentucky University. He is the head of the Master's of Public History program. Uh, this has been another episode of the North South Podcast. Be sure to, to like us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If we're not where you are, let us know and we will get on that. Be sure to like NKU Magazine on Twitter at NKU Magazine and be on the lookout for the latest edition of NKU Magazine here in the coming weeks. Again, this has been another episode of the North South Podcast and as always, North South.